With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Like family. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Two. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Make a difference this winter. Join Food Bank of Iowa in the food, the fight against hunger. Every dollar donated creates four meals and offers hope during these cold months. Heat or eat. No Iowan should be forced to decide. Learn how you can help or learn how you can be helped. IowaFoodBank.org. IowaFoodBank.org. Org. All right, Matt Postens uh, covers the Big 12 for Heartland College Sports. He will join us in about 20 minutes. Right now, uh, Mac McCausland. Haven't spoken with Mac McCausland in a long time, Trent. And uh, just talking to Mac before we came on the air here, you're going to like this. Mac, when he officially retired from the insurance business and, of course, calling basketball games as he did for decades here, mm-hmm. not just in Iowa, but across the Midwest and across the country, He's got a place in Vegas, but nice. he hasn't been able to be out there in about a year. I figured that would certainly trip your trigger after you living out there for a while, Ken. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it, but it's certainly a great place to visit. Mac, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on. How are you? Good, good. You know what? Uh, I think, you know, when you visit Vegas, most people think of the Strip. Yep. Other people think of the old downtown. Mm-hmm. And... uh I just like the weather, like the golf. I mean, there's, I think, if I'm correct, like 69 golf courses <laughs> within like a half an hour driving distance. So, you know, that works well. And I've got a couple of friends that are already out there. And, uh, you know, you're only, what, three hours from the Pacific Ocean yep. and about four hours from Phoenix. So, you know, there's a lot of metro stuff if you want to do it. And if not, you just stay in your little neighborhood. And have great Italian food. Yeah, I know the restaurants are off the charts. Uh, I lived in Summerlin. Where were you? Where are you? Uh, where yeah. are you located? Yeah, Summerlin. Yeah. Uh, actually, just north of uh, Wallapai, mm-hmm. uh, yep. out towards Town Center. Sure. And just on the other side of the street is the is the desert. So you know it's uh, pretty isolated and. A lot of people don't know that you know there are really mountains right there. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's beautiful. Yep, it is. No, great sunsets and great uh, 
sun rises. It's weird to wake up in the morning and look at those mountains, and you're in the desert, and it's it's hot, and you see snow on the yeah. on the caps. It was just crazy. Anyways, uh, Mac, let's get into this. Well, let's first of all, do you miss doing the games, being there on a night in night out uh, basis, or did, did you know just get uh, become a chore at the end? If if watching basketball from the perch that you're given, it can be a chore. Did it grow old at the end, Mac? No, not the. Uh... Not the games and not the preparation, but I will tell you the travel got uh, mm-hmm. a little difficult. Uh, you know, the the airports are not the same anymore. You've got to get there hour, hour and a half ahead, even to places like Wichita, uh, you know, smaller airports. And then uh, you get ice storms. I spent uh, four lovely days in Wichita oh. a couple of years ago, and that's the one that kind of said, you know, uh, I've got a lot of basketball. I've seen a lot of basketball. I can call up a lot of friends and go to a game. Uh, and at some point, I just wanted to, you know, enjoy grandkids. I've got sure. four. Uh, but, yeah, I do miss the game. And, you know, talking to coaches like Coach Izzo. And, of course, Fran's been very good to me. I can go pretty much to any practice, any game, uh, except this year. You know, they uh, they locked everybody out except, uh, players and coaches so uh, and, and this year just worked well and as you know in vegas they've got four major uh, yep. tournaments uh that come there and then they've also got unlv and uh they've got uh, you know former iowa state head coach there now mm-hmm. uh, yeah yep. and uh, uh one of the former iowa assistants for steve alford is on the staff, so they've been good to me as well. And once in a while, yeah, you know, uh, Steve Alford swings into town from uh, the University of Nevada. So I still get my uh, feel of it, and uh, I've moved on a little bit to liking the pros. So uh, everything's pretty good, as you know, too. One of the great high schools with great athletics (laughs) is right there, and I'm about four blocks uh, away and uh, great football and terrific basketball as well. It's Gorman, right? Bishop Gorman. Yeah, yeah. Bishop Gorman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Bishop Gorman. Some of yeah. the uh, guys that have gone through, absolutely Ooh. incredible. Mac, uh, let's get to your alma mater, the program you followed for the closest for the longest time, and uh, now you get to have the chips and salsa right there at home <laughs> watching this team. It is the Iowa Hawkeyes. Big expectations coming into the year. They falter four of five losses coming into last night, but get back on the right side of things. Just an overview. As you watch this Iowa team, I think we've all talked about an elite offense, the struggles on the defensive end. What else do you see, though, when you've watched this Hawkeye team throughout this year? Well, you know, and I don't even go back to your opening statement. I thought there were good expectations. I'm not sure expectations were to be number three, number four in the country, Mm -hmm. but certainly uh, top 10 to top 15. And, you know, you even go back now, whatever, eight, ten years, uh, people didn't like the style of ball being played at Iowa. So now you get Fran to come in, and if there's one thing he'll tell you is we're going to outscore people or try and outscore them. Well, that makes for uh, good TV. It makes for uh, good talk around the water cooler, but uh, a little frustrating when uh, the defense gives up points. But even three of the losses, were a total of 11 points. So, I mean, that means uh, make a couple free throws, make one more three, and you win those games. So uh, I think I was still right on track where 
maybe if you look back at October, you go, hey, if they're a top 15 team and it's midway through uh, February, I'll take that because that may get you a one through four seed in the tournament. And you weren't even sure you were going to have a tournament. Right. But it sounds like we are. And it'll be fun to, to have it all in uh, Indianapolis. So, you know, just get ready. And uh, if they can advance through that and get invited to the NCA, which I think they will, heck, they can have uh, pretty much the whole month of March right there in uh, Indianapolis. And, you know, who would have thought for sure you were going to get Garza back? And, uh, you know, this is when I really think uh, COVID helped Iowa because mm. if he wouldn't have, uh, if you wouldn't have had COVID, he'd have probably worked out for NBA teams. And, you know, nobody worked out for him. So uh, all of a sudden now he comes back and gives Iowa really a great chance to have a, a great season. No doubt about it. He's a couple of games away, maybe three, from taking over the all-time leading score, of course, from Roy Marble. That is going to happen here in the next uh, couple of weeks. So let me ask you about C.J. Frederick, who statistically last night, offensively, um, you know, didn't I don't think he cracked the score sheet. Uh, he had a couple of assists in the game. But yet, Mac, uh, I'm listening to the post-game show or watching it in this case, uh, Big Ten Network, and Jess Settles, who's a tremendous basketball mind, uh, says that Frederick's had his fingerprints all over this game. They are a different team with him on the floor. What does he mean to this team? What does he bring to this team uh, that seems to elevate them when he's on the floor? Well, I think two things, or actually three things. Uh, and first of all, when you have him on the floor, if you're the opposing coach, that's one more guy you've got to guard. In fact, as a uh, standstill shooter, he is probably as good as I was had since Kent. And as a threat, You've got to go guard him. When you go guard him, now it opens up uh, gaps to drive, which Wieskamp is good at, uh, gaps to to pass the ball, which McCaffrey and Bohannon can get it into Garza, as well as Frederick himself. Uh, And if you put him on a wing or in a corner, I mean, that really gives you a lot of space, which uh, you don't have when he's not in there because you can shade off him. Uh, I mean, Murray is a good shooter, but nothing like Frederick, who is right at 50%. Uh, then the other thing you get with Frederick is a very, very high basketball IQ. Sure. He knows where to go in terms of gaps. He finds gaps rather than going to players. And the more gaps he finds, the more defenses have to shift. And if they don't shift towards him, they are shifting away from other players. And then I think the third thing you get, he may be uh, the best perimeter defender because he's got long arms. And once again, he's been, you know, a basketball uh, gym rat since, you know, age two or three. Uh, His uncle and his dad take him to the gym. And he just understands the game. And defensively, he understands how to shoot people, which is usually not uh, acquired until maybe your junior or senior year. But he came in right away. I mean, you're talking about a player that was Mr. Kentucky. So it isn't like, you know, right. uh, he was playing, you know, uh, little guys up in the hills somewhere. Up in Manitoba. In <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I mean, those three things, I think, uh, are unappreciated by people that aren't really good basketball people. 
And when he comes on the court, like I say, you got to go guard him. You got to find out where he's going to move because he is going to move. And then you're going to have to beat him off the dribble, which a lot of times you can't. So that's three things that you get out of one player that sometimes takes two or three players uh, to get out of. Mac McCoslin joining us as we talk Iowa basketball. It's funny, I was perusing a Kentucky message board back a couple weeks ago and they were very disappointed. C.J. Frederick decided to go to Iowa. So what's Cal thinking? We had this kid right in our backyard, one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country, and he's over there at Iowa shooting nearly 50% from the three-point line. Another guy I want to get your perspective on, Mac, and that is Keegan Murray. What a surprise Mm. he has been to most everybody. He's got the bloodlines, and you saw so many of maybe every one of Kenyon's games, back when he was running the floor for the Hawkeyes. This young man has come in, and speaking of basketball IQ, his feels like it's just through the roof. Yeah, and, you know, I think uh, the best thing that he and his brother did was uh, take the extra year and go to the academy down in uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. I saw him in high school. A, they were thinner, shorter, uh, and I thought they kind of had their dad's personality in terms of, not overly physical and aggressive on the court, but uh, a year in Florida playing against the talent that they uh, do at the academy uh, had them both grow up very quickly. And like you say, uh, Keegan is, uh, first of all, I'm not so sure he isn't the most silent guy on the court. If you've watched him, I don't know if he has said a word to anybody yet. so he and Wieskamp tied for that position. Yep. But uh, that also lets him do something that uh, Tom Davis taught me years ago. Uh, you know, Don't ever get too high and don't ever get too low. And I think that really describes Keegan at this point. Uh, he just goes out, and he, he's 10-6. I don't care if he plays six minutes or he plays 24 minutes. He gets you 10 points, six rebounds. He'll get you two steals. Uh, his anticipation at the defensive end, I think we've seen it two or three times where he has stolen a ball at uh, like the free throw line or even closer to the basket, and three dribbles later, he's dunking it the other end. And you can tell his teammates like him because they know he's not selfish. And I think we're going to see him grow up over the next two years. And uh, he may be the next Garza type, mm-hmm. uh, where I, what I'm saying by that is he'll get you 20 and 10. Good stuff, Mac McCausland. I appreciate catching up with you. Enjoy the desert. Enjoy Nevada. Uh, and we'll uh, talk in the future. Thanks, Mac. Thanks, guys. Call me anytime. Good to talk to you, Mac McCausland. Joining us is, boy, this, uh, he called a lot of games. Yes, he did. I mean, that's that's my youth. That's my love of Iowa basketball. Him and Larry Morgan. Him and Larry yeah. calling those games Thursday night. Uh, Child 17. Well, for us, it was KIMT oh, right. up there. I have no idea. I think it was, I think yeah, it was here. 17 here. But that's what it was in the old yeah. gold floor syndicated across the state. They had it right. They had it figured out. Mm-hmm. I remember reading Lute Olson's book and talking about the early incarnation of the Iowa network. And there was a time in Eastern Iowa when they were on KWWL. So, so what, give me a time, give me an era. 80, yeah. 80 81, 82, okay. right in that range. And they were getting something like an 82 share. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, it just, that's what you want. That's, people 
younger don't understand. Well, there was wasn't the there wasn't the options. You had three channels, right? And you had three channels, and you got up to change those three channels. And during the week, there weren't sports on. No, except no. for Iowa basketball. Yeah. That is all we had during that era. That was it. North Iowa Ames is closer to where I grew up than Iowa City, but we didn't have Iowa State basketball yeah. on. You'd see their games on the weekend, right? But that was it. It was Iowa basketball. That was your sports viewing for the whole week. And you'd come in then Friday, and you'd talk about the game. And then after the weekend, you come in and you talk about the game on Monday. That's what it was. That's what Big Ten basketball was and Iowa basketball was. And those numbers, just ridiculous. Indiana stole the Iowa model of syndicating the Is basketball right? across the state. Did not know that. I, I do know that Chris Doyle's got a job. Urban Meyer has hired him with the wow. Jacksonville Jaguars as the director of sports performance. So Chris Doyle hmm. goes to work for Urban Meyer and I was got some Florida. shoes to fill themselves now in their coaching yeah, staff. Yeah, I saw that yesterday, right? Paul Asek, we knew he was gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went to Wyoming. Foster. Reading, yep. To the NFL. A lot of uh, a lot of positives around him. I mean, he's going to be <laughs> From Samford. Not Stanford. Samford. Right, right. To Iowa, mm-hmm. to the NFL in four years. That's a pretty quick ascension yeah, there. I'll say. And a lot of respect that goes along with it. And... Those two had been rumored and talked about, but the most surprising news, Mark Kallenberger hung it up, hanging it up. Mm -hmm. And it didn't read that to go give a shot at the NFL, just done with football. Uh, Speaking of the NFL and the Hawkeyes, Riley Reef sounds like he may be back. Boy, the Vikings did him a solid. So he was on the cusp of hitting that performance number of game snaps played. Mm-hmm. And if you do, and the NFL thinks that, that that at your position you're underpaid, they have a performance bonus pool that they split amongst the players at the end of the year. Interesting. Because Riley Reef was on the COVID list. He wasn't able to play in Week 17. Uh-huh. The Wilfs have renegotiated the contract so he'll hit that number and get that extra million bucks. little goodwill Don't from billionaires. Yeah. Boy, that's, that's good. good to see. Could they uh, maybe make a phone call to a baseball owner and, to and say, see, this is the way it's done. <laughs> right. You morons. Who are you missing? You know we're going to have a labor stoppage a year ago this time. Oh, I thought you were just talking about your twins. No, 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 no. no. Oh, gotcha. No, I'm just speaking in general. I, I've actually been impressed by the ownership group. The Polad family now, mm-hmm. they're spending money. Yeah. They wasn't always the case, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> I know it incredibly well. Those uh, 90s teams after mm-hmm. the 91 team, yep. the teardown that they had, they've done a nice job of spending and keeping people aboard during this pandemic. We've seen so many organizations that have slashed Chicago Cubs amongst uh-huh. them. Has not been the case at the same level for the Twins, which you would have said the poll ads 20 years ago, you've been laughed at. Good to see. Uh, indeed. Uh, Clayton Kershaw took some shots at the Cubs, too, with what they're doing, gutting. Um, Clayton Kershaw did? Clayton Kershaw, yeah. He pointed out, you know, Darvish. Um, look at the Boston Red Sox. The, the Royals got a good one. I've watched this Ben Attendee kid. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm saying this. I think it's Ben yeah. Attendee, right? You got it. Um, he's a good player. He's a nice player. Um, I, I thought it was, I looked at this Royals roster before this, and I saw there hasn't been any win totals that I've seen yet. But I've seen some projections in like 80, 68. Oh, they'll six, go over that, won't you? That's think? what I thought. I thought this team, Cleveland selling, the Tigers are still going to be awful. Mm-hmm. The White Sox and Twins are going to contend for the title, but I wouldn't be shocked to see them push the Indians for that third spot. 76, 77, something in that range I thought would be more. Well, certainly more than 68. And now with Ben Attendee? Yeah. 
We'll see what that number comes at. That might be my first fire, though. Is I'm going to be looking at the Royals right away when the numbers are released. We need to do some... Uh, I mean, I'm ready to talk some baseball. I'm There's a lot going on. We'll do that next week. All right. We will, uh, right now, try and give you an opportunity to win $1,000. It indeed is time for another $1,000 slam dunk. Text the keyword WIN to 200-200. Right now, it's your chance at $1,000. WIN to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, eleven twenty-five. Win is the keyword. Uh, Matt Postens covers the Big Twelve for Heartland College Sports. He's next as we take you until noon. Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KXNO and one hundred six XNO. Trek Hadden here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to Renner'sWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renner's Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always... Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Miller and Condon just past 11.30 on a Thursday. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial as we take you until noon. Let's get our friend Matt Postens in here. He covers the Big 12. He covers the Dallas Mavericks, the Dallas Cowboys. Have keyboard, will blog. Uh, Matt Postens at Postens Postcards is where you can follow on Twitter, as both Trent and I do. Uh, Matt, uh, good to speak with you. Trent and Ken in Des Moines, how you been? I've been good, guys. I feel like I'm getting your your weather up here uh, or down here in Texas. We're about 26 degrees right now. What's it like up where you are? Oh, that's 20, 26 below. Yeah, we would sign up for that, and we'd be wearing shorts and a t-shirt right now. We're not going to see above freezing still for another about week and a half. It's ridiculous. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. And this is from a kid who grew up in Manitoba who knows what cold weather is, and this is cold weather. Anyways. Uh, Let's get to the Big 12 first of all, and then I do want to ask you a couple of things on the Cowboys, find out what you think is going to happen with Dak, as I know you cover uh, the Cowboys as well. But right now, Big 12 uh, first and foremost. Uh, Trent and I were talking about Baylor earlier on. I, I read your piece on the the uh, likelihood that Baylor's not going to be able to get the uh, entire 18-game schedule. I didn't realize until I read your piece, Matt, that Baylor's going to be off until the 20th of February. Is that right? Yeah, they, so they, they had a pause last week, which postponed their game with TCU last Saturday and their game last night with Oklahoma. And then on Monday, they announced that they were going to pause their next three games, which is uh, the game they would have played Saturday with Texas Tech 
And then those two games, they were going to play back-to-back with West Virginia next week. So right now, they've got a half-dozen games they have to reschedule because if, if you didn't, don't mem- remember, they were supposed to play Texas way back in December 13th, and they had to, to postpone that game, too. So mm. they've, they've had three different COVID pauses this year that have really kind of cascaded throughout the entire conference. And uh, their AD and their uh, SID were both on the radio yesterday talking about the situation and you know, basically just telling everybody we're committed to the Big 12 tournament. We're committed to making up some of these games, but there's just not enough runway for us to make up all of them. And Bob Bowles, we backed that up later in the day. So I haven't heard anything uh, in terms of dates uh, for, for made-up games, but I think the Big, Big 12 and these teams that still have games to make up, they're going to have to prioritize them in some way. In other words, which ones are the most important to determine seeding in the Big 12 tournament if you're still committed to that? So Baylor will probably end up playing teams like West Virginia and Texas and Oklahoma because for them, if you look at the standings, seeding is still very much in doubt in terms of the Big 12 tournament. So the Iowa State-Baylor game is scheduled. Are you saying yes. that maybe the, big, the, the the conference would say, you know, instead of playing this, uh, what is it, the final week of the regular season um, against Iowa State, maybe we slide a Texas tilt in there? No, I don't, well, gotcha. they might slide a Texas game in there. They might slide a Texas game in there, but they're not, I don't think they're going to. Not at the expense of a regular scheduled game. Not at the expense of a regular scheduled gotcha. game, no. I don't believe they'll do that. Makes sense. Certainly does, and uh, a lot to get in there. The other thing that has to be concerning, I think, from a Baylor perspective, though, is we've all seen teams play really good basketball, and then at the end of the season, they just wear down. Now, there's some depth on this team. They they can go pretty deep if they need to, but it's not a team that goes 10-11 deep. If they try to stack you know, six, seven, eight games in the final two weeks of the season, then a conference tournament, and then you're going to Indianapolis very quickly how it could go the other way. Has that been talked about enough uh, from the Baylor perspective and just maybe how this could get away if you put too many games in there? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something they're going to have to think about because, like you said, this is a deep team. But if you if you look back at their second COVID pause back in December, and, and you know, they don't tell us who – you know, got sick or who was, you know, having issues until afterward. And what we found out afterward was Adam Flagler, their backup guard, was one of the players who was, you know, isolated during that time. And it took him a few weeks to, to kind of get back into form and get back into the mix. And so we right, right now we have no idea who's impacted, you know, who's having issues. It may just all be contact tracing, but given the fact that we're not talking about five games, it's probably pretty clear that some of the players have it. How long is it going to take them to bounce back? And if you're going to ask them to play three games in a week, which their SID, David Kaye, said is a possibility in that buffer week between the regular season and the Big 12 tournament, Mm -hmm. and then, like you said, they go play three games in the Big 12 tournament, and then they go to the NCAA tournament, that's a lot to ask, Mm. you know, in a short amount of time. Uh, And, you know, I think Baylor's equipped from a depth standpoint to handle that, but will they be where they need to be physically after all of this at that point? to handle all that. That's a really interesting question. And I think that's just one of those things we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, Matt Postens covers the Big 12 at Heartland College Sports. If you're a Big 12 fan, you probably know about it. If you don't, you'll be glad you're hearing about it because it's a terrific uh, resource for the Big 12. Uh, so we, we've got Kansas and Iowa State uh, tonight at 6 and then a return match, a back-to-backer, if you will, with a day in between uh, as Kansas will make their way to Ames on on Saturday. Uh, I watched a lot of the Oklahoma State-Kansas game uh, earlier in the week. Kansas has been kind of a Jekyll and Hyde. They're far from what we uh, what 
what we expect to see when we flip on the TV and we see Bill Self and his team on the floor. But when McCormick's going, and he certainly was in the second half the other night, Wilson's Wilson, Brown, or Brown rather, can uh, fill it up. Garrett Agbaji, uh, it's a pretty good starting five. Where are you on Kansas? Are they starting to... You know, they weren't playing well, but they certainly look good against Oklahoma State. Is that what we're going to see going forward with Kansas? I I don't know if we'll see that consistently going forward. You know, they've been so inconsistent this year, and I really feel like their key is David McCormick. If if he can produce, you know, something close to what he produced the other night against Oklahoma State, then that helps the rest of their team because it forces teams to add more defenders in the paint to handle him and opens up more shooting opportunities for their shooters on the outside. I mean, they're really a, a four-and-one team like everybody else in the Big 12. Their players outside are a little bit taller and a little bit longer than some of the other players in the conference. But, you know, McCormick has the ability to suck up the defense uh, the way he did the other night because of his ability to get to the basket and play inside. If you go back and look at the games where they haven't played well, McCormick hasn't played well. You go all the way back to that first Texas game. Didn't play very well that game. Didn't play a whole lot of time. And they really struggled against Texas. So as McCormick goes right now, so goes this team, as far as I'm concerned. And their ability to shoot consistently, their ability to defend consistently is going to be tied to how well he plays. So if you're Iowa State, you know, you, you want to you, you want to pound away at David McCormick all night with Solomon Young and, and whatever else you have inside mm-hmm. uh, and, and try to wear him down a little bit and, and put it on the other guys in the lineup because they don't have an alpha dog guard like they've had the last couple of years with Devin Dotson or Quentin Grimes, or excuse me, uh, Devontae Graham. Um, they don't have that this year. So you want to put the game in the hands of uh, those guys on the outside who, you know, they've been hitting this all season. What's wrong with the Texas Longhorns? Is it water finding its level this team was not a top five team and they're coming back to the pack the only team that they beat in the last month plus is kansas state and it was hair and fire to get that done Mm -hmm. tuesday to beat the wildcats yeah you know it's funny they didn't really have a covid pause but they they were impacted by other teams as covid pauses in fact when they were supposed to play iowa state a few weeks ago um shaka had said that if they made the trip which they didn't uh they wouldn't have had greg brown and a couple of other guys to go with them due to contact tracing. So they really haven't had a pause, but they've been impacted by everybody else's pause. And I think that uh, with some guys in contact tracing, it's been, uh, I think Greg Brown's had a difficult time getting going the past few weeks. He's starting to kind of come around a little bit now. Uh, I think, uh, I don't think we realized how much he gave them in terms of rebounding and and shot blocking and defending on the wing, uh, because they have plenty of guys that can score the basketball. Right now, the only guy in this team that's really playing consistently well at a high level is, is Andrew Young. Uh, he's playing some of the best basketball in the conference. Everybody else is kind of spotty right now. I think that by the time we get around to the Big 12 tournament and the NCAA tournament, I think they'll be in a good place. But I think they're one of those teams that, like West Virginia, uh, who had an extended time off due to COVID, they're just now finally getting their legs underneath themselves. Mm. Uh, I want to ask you about Chris Beard. I, I saw your piece at Heartland College Sports on Chris Beard. I mean, it was so. I so I didn't see it. I I mean, I saw it afterwards. I wasn't watching the game as it unfolded. So this couldn't have been just one uh, one foul or yeah. one incident, right? It had to be a, a, a body of work throughout the night. What caused him to snap the way he did? 
Well, I think there were a few things. Uh, there was a foul disparity in the game. Not a big foul disparity. I think it was like 27 to 20. But there was a big free throw disparity in the game. You know, West Virginia got a lot of free throws out of their fouls that Texas Tech didn't. Uh, there were a couple of really touch fouls at the end of the game, including Mac McClung's fifth foul with about a minute to go. Uh, you know, I'm sure that Chris Beard had a problem with that. It was basically just like a little chest touch with a player, and he got called for mm-hmm. a foul. I think Chris Beard also went to McClung after the game and probably said something like, "Dude, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't. You can't take that foul that late in the game." Uh, but then there was another scrum about 24 seconds left that led to a foul, I think, on, on Clarence Nadolny, and that was one of those 50-50 ball kind of plays where somebody just ends up getting called to the foul, and it ended up being him and. And that was what finally just lit the match and, and, and exploded the dynamite. And, boy, he got his money's worth. I mean, that's one of the best sideline tirades I've seen in a long time. And you know, good on him, the presence of mind to, in the middle of all of that, walk over to Bob I loved and, it. and give him a fist bump and say, thanks, man, good game. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm out. Right in the middle of it. Uh, that, that was awesome. It was incredible. And uh, a couple of guys with a lot of respect there. Yep. Here's a question for you. Take the Baylor guys out. No Jared Butler, no Mitchell, no none of them. Who would be the best, your MVP for anybody not on the Baylor mm. squad? Go Culver, mm. Cade Cunningham, Mac McClung. Who would be your pick taking the oh, Baylor's guys out of the equation? McClung makes so many big shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, McClung's had a really good year. I think um, he's in that conversation. I think all, all those guys you listed are in the conversation. I, I think I lean a little bit toward... Culver, Culver right yeah. Because, yeah, with, with Sheboy leaving the program in January, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people were wondering how that would settle out. And certainly they've, they've become more of that 4 and one team that some of the other teams in the conference are, four guards and a guy inside. But that's really opened up opportunities for Culver inside to really kind of be the player he needs to be. He's the most consistent forward in the conference. Uh, he's a great back-to-the-basket player, a good shot blocker. He's a, about a neutral defender. Bob Huggins wants him to improve there. But you know he's, he's a double-double waiting to happen practically every night, no matter who they're playing. And there, there are very few players in the conference that can say that. McClung, you know, if, if Tech were a little bit higher in the standings, I might lean toward him. But you know, the Mountaineers are second place right now. And the biggest reason they've been able to weather all the COVID and everything else uh, this season has been in large part due to Culver, so I'd probably give my uh, vote to him. Austin Reeves with Oklahoma means a ton, too. Good one, yeah. uh, he's had a good year. He does. Uh, so let's, uh, the conference is so deep. Yeah, it no, it's, it's great to watch. It's, it's wonderful to watch. And no determination on the uh, postseason uh, hopes for, for Oklahoma State, right? We're still waiting. We st- there was a time there. I thought that the NCAA was going to, you know, waive the, uh, the, this year and let, and let them, you know, participate in postseason. It's getting pretty late in the, uh, uh, on the calendar here. We, we may not have the Cowboys in postseason. Well, actually, I think at this point, I think we will have the Cowboys in the postseason because they have appealed it, but they, the NCAA hasn't heard the appeal. In fact, I don't, I don't even think they've moved on the appeal. So, so they the will be able to. Stops everything. Yeah. Yeah. So the appeal stops everything. So unless awesome. the NCAA makes some sort of action in the next three or four weeks, they'll be eligible to play in the tournament. Now, if they deny the appeal at some point, they'll have to vacate all of last season, including an NCAA tournament berth. But 
as of right now, they're eligible to play in the tournament. Gotcha. All right, so uh, real quick on the Cowboys. I know you also, uh, like I say, you you cover the Cowboys as well as uh, and the Mavericks. Dak Prescott, um, it's it's going to be crazy, I think, um, the, all the quarterback movement, maybe not 18-and-a-half that Schefter said there's going to be, but there might be 8, 9, 10. Russell Wilson's name continues to be floated out there, and the Seahawks apparently aren't happy with him. What's going to be the uh, Dak Prescott ending here? Long-term deal, did they tag him again? Again, what's going to happen? Yeah, it's a really good question because everything that the Jones family has said is we want to get a long-term deal done with them. And Jerry Jones even said in January something that a general manager should never say. The player has all the leverage. And he and mm-hmm. Dak Prescott absolutely has all the leverage in this situation. You know, based on how they played after he got hurt and was out for the year, they, made, they failed to make the playoffs. They uh, had a losing record. I mean, he was the biggest common denominator in terms of them not making the postseason this year. So, I mean, Dak Prescott can walk into uh, Jerry Jones's office and basically ask for whatever he wants. I think the real question for the Cowboys is, what are you, you know, what's your red line in spending? You've seen the Mahomes contract. It's $50 million a year starting next year. Uh, if you tag Prescott this year, I think it's $36, $37 million. But then if you tag him the following year, I think it goes up by like $13 or $14 million because Mahomes's contract, and for that matter, Deshaun Watson's contract skews the average of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. So I think it behooves the Cowboys to get a long-term deal done with him now. There are lots of different ways to do it. They can build a lot of base salary in there that they can turn into bonuses later to manage the cap. I think ultimately they'll get it done, and I think it'll ultimately be in that probably 42 to $45 million per annum range. Uh, great stuff. Uh, Matt, we appreciate you coming on. I uh, love your coverage at heartlandcollegesports.com. Matt Postens joining us on Twitter. You can follow him at Postens Postcard. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Good to talk to you. Uh, Matt Postens, as uh, we talk a little Big 12. All right, we'll come back, finish up the program. You were so good yesterday. An outright, not even, you didn't have to sweat it out. Just crush with Cruise right in there. And I think I've identified... Now, you did lose your Iowa play, to I be did. fair. I did. That you, was... did. you did and you did. You lost your bet, but your squad right. won. That was hedging, an emotional hedge. Right. I have no emotions. Well, I got emotions for one of the teams, one team that I don't like. But I got a Big Ten play and another play, two of them, when we come back. Uh, the early 4 o'clock game part of it? That is in my picks. Jason Benetti and Robbie Hummel on your TV at 4 o'clock, 4 o'clock, before Kansas-Iowa State. And, of course, most of you be uh, tuning in for the Winnipeg Jets-Ottawa Senators, which will come later. Not sure. on my gotcha. list for the night, but you... Full you, recap tomorrow at 10.05. If we need it, you will have us covered. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back, finish up the hour. Uh, it's the Miller and Condon radio program on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 107. No. UFC 250 gave the fans the show they were looking for. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of UFC, is putting you in the center of this weekend's title fight with 100 to 1 odds on your chosen fighter to step out of the octagon, raising the belt. Pick either main event fighter to win this weekend's UFC 258 bout, and DraftKings Sportsbook will give you 100 to 1 odds. That's a $1 bet on either fighter to reign victorious, and if your fighter wins, you will cash $100. Don't 
worry if MMA isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 on your chosen title contender to win. That's code KXNO to turn $1 into $100 on the main event Saturday night for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Iowa only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gimp. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. All right, uh, Kansas, Iowa State tonight, 6 o'clock. If you can't be in front of your TV, the bus, 100.3, home of Iowa State. Uh, coverage starts at 5. Uh, Tip-off is at 6. And you said Kansas is how big of a favorite? 14 and a half is where it was. I've seen some 15s and 15 and a half mm. start to pop up. Is that your play of the night? I like that one. It's not at the top of my list, though. Yes, I will be on Iowa State, though, this evening. Okay. I will be playing that 4 o'clock game you mentioned, the Gophers, uh-huh. welcoming in Purdue. Much like last night, though a ranked team is in action, the team that's not ranked is the favorite, and I like the team that is not ranked. That is the Gophers. I'm going to lay the point and a half with Minnesota. And my favorite pick of the night, it is, I love McKinley Wright, the point guard for Colorado. Best offense mm-hmm. in the Pac-12 by a long margin. They go to Stanford. Stanford is really banged up, though they finally get to play at home. Maybe there's a boost there. They're really talented freshman kid that might be one and done. He's banged up. they got a couple other starters that are injured. One of them is not going to play. And it's a pick em right now. Maybe I'm missing something, but uh, on you're the surface. Picking them, you're picking Colorado? I like Colorado in a big way. Taking the buffs in a pickle. What time is that tip? Uh, six o'clock. So that'll be what I... Eight. Yeah. No, six o'clock our time. It, oh, 6 o'clock our time, so six, 4 o'clock out there. 4 o'clock out there. Jeez. A different one. So uh, I was running some numbers and looking some through some things. You know, I'm uh, though I still love Ken Pomeroy, mm-hmm. I'm working to build the advanced look at some numbers in different ways. And one of the websites I've been using, Bart Torvik is the guy's name. Bart? Bart Torvik, T-O-R-V-I-K. He, uh, is it a pay site? Nope. This is a free one. Yeah. So if you don't want to pay for Ken Pomeroy, right. a different way you can go. Very analytical base, though. His are tempo free, so tempo isn't a part of it, which makes the numbers a little bit different. But he has this fun uh, profile page that you can click on and teams that are similar of past seasons to ones currently, including this Iowa team. And you look at teams historically that are elite offensively and not very good defensively in adjusted offense and defense. The numbers aren't great. Uh, the Missouri team, that was a two-seed. that got beat by Norfolk Folk State in the first round. Uh, a Wake Forest team that lost in the first round. An NC State team that lost in the first round. That is where Iowa matches up right now. <sighs> Lead offense, not very good defense. There was one team, though, that made a run. That was Notre Dame back in 2015 that went to the Elite Eight. But a little bit concerning when you saw that. And I also wanted to look at Drake and see similar profiles to them. The second team listed with the most similar profile, the Wichita State Final mm. Four team. How about that? Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, this Drake team needs Hemphill this week. I'm looking at it on here for the first time. 
I now know how people feel when you park a racing form in front of them for the very first time. Yeah. And here, handicap the I can't make heads or t- but I'm not an analytical guy. You you can get there. You can figure something out. I have no out. idea what I'm looking at, Trent. None. I mean, I can see I could mu- probably muddle my way through a little bit, but I wouldn't know what it means. You make up what it means. Okay. That's what I do on a daily basis. Yeah, kind of like we make it up this this show today for the last couple hours. All right. We will turn things over in a couple hours to Murph and Andy. They're in it, too. The Fanatics are four. Cycle and Fanatic Radio. Probably not tonight because the clones are playing tonight. Uh, The Morning Rush kicks off another day of morning programming tomorrow. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.